eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into The Scoop, presented by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Welcome into the scoop. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined as always by Don Callahan. This is Inside Carolina's The Scoop podcast, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka, available in all 100 counties. What's up, Don? Not too much. Just uh, I know your your work is a lot busier than me, but a lot going on. Did I tell you my refrigerator broke? No. My, we've been out without our refrigerator for about a month. Jeez, what are you doing to, to keep your food cold? So we have, you know, that mini fridge up in the man tower. Um, but we've had to kind of improvise a lot. Jeez, you can't and just go buy can't just go buy a fridge. Well, so it, so the problem is under warranty, which is like a huge headache because mm. like and then you know, it's just like with everything else, we gotta wait forever. Dude. You know, the guy comes out, assesses the problem, has to order the part that takes. I mean, it's it, it's more of a waiting for this, waiting for that sort of thing. But yeah. Thursday, he's supposed to come in and fix it. Jeez, I can't imagine your household without without cold. I mean, how are you going to keep all the sour cream and cheese? Uh, That's right. <laughs> cold. Um, you never know what you can get on the scoop. You know, I didn't know Don was going to drop me with your refrigerator line. But you, hey, Don, you smell that? Smell that? No, what is that? Ross? Smells like smells like fall. Just went outside for a run. <laughs> it's sixty degrees. Uh, you, you never kinda, know what you could smell at Ross's house. So you, fall you is kinda, a good thing. Kind of feel, um, kind of feels the fall in the air as UNC enters the bye week. We're recording here on Wednesday morning, as we do um, every other week. We're kind of back on schedule now. I think we took a couple weeks off. Um, yeah, we haven't spoken since before the football season. Yeah, and we're going to get into that because I think I have some questions for you about UNC and kind of how these young players are doing. And I think you have some questions for me. Uh, there isn't too much to talk about in the recruiting um, field, recruiting uh, landscape, though we do need to talk about KV on Keys. We didn't mention that in, the, in our pregame phone call. Um, but we're going to break down UNC's recruiting class, uh, go through it for maybe some new listeners, then go to what UNC – kind of needs and, and how they're going to fill the needs and what remains for UNC in the 2023 class. We're going to talk about the new transfer window rules, which I actually don't know about. So I'm going to have Don explain it to me. Hopefully that'll be educational for you as well. Um, and then we will get into UNC football talk, like actual um, team talk, some questions here and there, and just go from there. And, you know, wherever, you know, it is a, a little bit less of a newsy show. So you never know where the tangents and discussions can go. Um, but I think it would be a good kind of, especially if you're just a casual listener, kind of a primer, I guess, for just this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, a, kind, of, kind of a catch you up, kind of a reset as we as we head into September 
um, in October. Uh, of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Giant T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. We'll talk more about them later. And if you are listening, make sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina's YouTube page. We're doing a lot more with YouTube, um, so turn the alerts on so you know when we go live. Um, and then subscribe so you get all the content. We've been doing – John uh, John Bowman, our former intern for two years, and then he produced a show for us last year. He's producing our live shows this year. He's also doing a lot of work on just making our YouTube page a lot better in terms of how it looks and, and just putting more content on there as we grow that. And YouTube really is kind of – it's always been big, but it, it's even bigger as, as things are more video and Zoom now. So subscribe yeah, to YouTube. Yeah, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. Do you? I, you know what? Honestly, I don't do as much – I used – in the college, I feel like YouTube was bigger because there's all these viral things and, like, it was kind of the only place for video. And now you can get all your videos on Instagram and Twitter. But I love going on, on YouTube um, – was it uh, wormholes? YouTube. Uh, what's it called when you just click, keep clicking different videos? I'm I'm missing uh, terminology. People yelling at the, yelling at their um, radio. Yeah, right I now. have no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's like an old man thing. But yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you watch on YouTube? So a lot of. I mean, I'm a big podcast person. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, but a lot of podcasts like what we do, they put it on on YouTube. So sometimes when I'm working, I just throw it on the on you know because I easily put it on my TV. You know, so it's a lot of stuff like that. And and you can get like um like the cover three podcast just to kind of be a shill for a second. Uh, you know, I'll listen to I'll watch and listen to their podcast on, on YouTube. And they do a lot of live stuff that they don't necessarily put into podcast form, which is good. So when are we gonna do some live, you know, yeah. when's the scoop gonna go live? That's a great question. Um, we need to do one, maybe after a big commitment or something. But we'll still be in the morning, which will be I'll be a different vibe, but um that'll be fun to do. Uh subscribe to po- Inside Content Podcast on uh, Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, and let's get into the show. You ready, Dom? I am ready. Okay, so we're gonna go through UNC's class real quick. This is a little briefer. Any updates, anything that changes, um, Don is gonna provide you with as I pull up our as the as I pull up the thing here. Um so let's go through it briefly and then we'll get to what unc needs and, and kind of where they need to go now it's kind of it's a pause and unc is kind of figuring out how they're going to fill the rest of the class ready i am ready all right let's keep each answer very short quarterback <laughs> tad <laughs> you want longer than that tad hudson he committed uh he committed over a year ago last well not this past august but the august before that and uh you know a four-star guy in-state guy, his sister dates Drake May. Um, UNC was one of the – I mean, he visited North Carolina more than any other school, has a great relationship with Phil Longo, and, um, you know, fits perfectly into what, what Longo wants to do with his offense. Yeah, and I think, man, um, Longo's offense has, has been clicking and it's kind of proven now two different quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years and even when they switch quarterbacks after Drake. All right, offensive line. You're not, okay, you're going in a weird order. All right, offensive line. You got three commits. DJ right. uh, DJ Geff, who is a legacy. Um, Robert uh, Grigsby from Georgia. Nolan McConnell from Virginia. All three are three-star guys. All three committed, I guess, well, two of them committed in July. Uh, Nolan McConnell committed in May. Um, you know, I'll, I guess Grigsby and Gath are interior guys, whereas McConnell's probably more of a, a tackle, whether right or left tackle. Of those three, which one is going to be a three-year starter at UNC? Three-plus. Yeah, um, I'll go with Grigsby. You know, I think McConnell obviously is ranked higher, mm-hmm. but um, really love Grigsby's film. I think um, – his actual ranking is, I mean, with, with offensive alignment size is, is and height in particular is really important. And he's about six, three, maybe underneath that, um, which has hurt his ranking, but from a talent standpoint, he can certainly play. I am. I think UNC, they need to get better offensive lineman talent. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it because you're seeing it now and look, no offense to anybody out there, any parents, anybody, but like, I mean, Zach Rice. Hopefully, he pans out. Um, and, and you know, you, you you hope that he kind of becomes a four-year starter if he gets a chance this year, if not next year. But you're kind of seeing like 
couple misses, having to get transfers. You know, it's not – I just want – you need elite talent, you know. So, whatever. All right. Um, running back. Yeah, so running back is the one position that, as of today, is not going to be addressed with this class. And a lot of that is because what we're seeing on Saturdays with the young running back group, what's kind of interesting, and we'll talk about this more later on in the podcast, is that – and what's not being brought up is you have a guy who comes out, maybe isn't doing so well, and they – put in another running back and he does really well. Mm-hmm. And then that guy who didn't do so well in the beginning, he comes in later on and he does well. And it's just UNC is this position right now with the running back position that they have so many good young talent that they can just really kind of throw in the hot hand and see what, what, what works and what doesn't and just keep on rotating with different talent, different skill sets. Um, and so they're in a really good position, the running back position. Yeah. And even, um, Who's the guy transferred to ECU? The big boy out of uh, that high school back east, down east. Transfer to ECU? Yeah, from UNC. Oh, um, Edmonds. Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, you, you already had someone transferring. And look, Elijah Green, Scoop, guest. He hasn't been playing much. He could be a guy that could transfer. And, he, but he, and he, he's, he's looked not, good. He's, and he, Well, he only played – I think he only played in the first game. Yeah, but he had a couple good runs there. Yeah, or at he least did. One good run. And they like him. He's a good kid too. But look, I mean, yeah, they're stacked. And when you see Hampton and Pedaway ahead of you, I mean, who's in the who? What good running backs going to commit, knowing that they're going to have to beat out those two guys for at least three years? All right, wide receiver. Wide receiver is probably one of one of the better positions as far as just talent that North Carolina is signing. You got four star Chris Culliver, four star Christian Hamilton, and high three star Paul Billups. Billups was the most recent of those commits, although that was a foregone conclusion for a long time. He committed in um, in August, um, whereas uh, Culliver and Hamilton committed just a few days apart in July. Um, you know, Culliver and Billups are outside guys. Hamilton's more of an inside slot receiver sort of type, but he has the ability also to kind of play outside if needed to also. Okay. Yeah. Three talented, uh, two in state, one mm-hmm. in Virginia. Good mix in this class of, of, of Georgia, of Virginia, of North Carolina, and I think one South Carolina kid, and of course, a, a, a Oklahoma kid, as, <laughs> as is the norm. All right. Uh, tight end. Tight end. Julian Sorry. Randolph. Julian Randolph. Julian Randolph. So, so this is a kid from Virginia who has kind of flown underneath the radar for whatever reason. Vanderbilt found him first, offered him. No other schools at the time were showing him any interest, so he committed. Then, then other schools started to, to uh, recognize him, threw some offers at him. He opened up his recruitment. North Carolina offered, took a visit to North Carolina, committed uh, just before his official visit back in June. His, 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 he's probably having one of the better senior seasons. Um, if you look at his stats, he missed his first game because of a concussion, but the, the last two are, you know, over a hundred yards, each one, multiple touchdowns. Um, you know, he plays more of a, he, he's actually, and, and, and UNC fans are going to like to hear this very similar to Bryson Nesbitt, where he's in high school, a big wide receiver that North Carolina obviously wants to convert to tight end where he'll be a receiving target. Yeah, and I mean UNC's tight ends are having a great season so far. Um, John Copenhaver, uh, Bryson Nesbitt, and Kamari Morales all having great seasons so far. So you're seeing tight end becoming a bigger part of the offense. Which I, which I said multiple podcasts should help recruiting. And mm-hmm. Julian Randolph kind of fits that mold. And this thing keeps opening. Well, I think you know, to your point, there was a lot of fear that the lack of tight end usage would hurt in the recruitment of Bryson Nesbitt. I think ultimately that didn't matter to him. I think UNC's mm-hmm. academics and um, the location played a bigger role for him, but, uh, but yeah, so it obviously worked out. Yep. All right. Uh, defensive line. This is like the interior defensive line, not edge players. Oh, so, okay. Not edge players. All right. So we have two guys. We mm-hmm. have uh, a three-star from Georgia, Joshua Horton, and we have a four-star from Virginia, Richmond, to be exact, and Joel Starlings. Uh, Joel committed before the summer. Horton committed after the summer. You know, uh, Hort- 
different situations, whereas uh, UNC was it was a strong player for Starlings for a lot of his recruitment, even during when he committed to he was committed to Michigan for a little bit there, uh, mm-hmm. but then took his official visit and just ended it there, even though he had had other official visits scheduled. Horton was a situation where he um, really wasn't interested in North Carolina. He'll tell you that before the official, the, the official visit was kind of a throwaway official visit. End up taking it, loving it. And then after about a month of kind of thinking about it and talking with his parents, he committed to North Carolina. All right. So two defensive linemen. These are the big interior nose tackle, three techniques. Um, Joel Starlings and Joshua Horton. Okay. Edge rushers. Edge position, 24-7 sports has a designation called Edge. And UNC has, I think, three or four of them committed. Three. Three of them committed. And um, just like wide receiver, you're looking at, two four stars and a high three star um, and the high three star I think has a ton of potential. Tyler Thompson is a, you know, is a basketball player turned football player needs to really kind of fill out um, and needs to kind of continue to fine tune his game, but, but has great upside. Then you have Rico Walker and Jay Bron Harvey um, Walker's I mean, talk about ceiling is has probably the highest ceiling of any unc commit um jay barn harvey not having a great senior season but his junior season put up some huge numbers some just unbelievable literally unbelievable um sack numbers i I purposely watched a lot of his or went through his uh highlights of his junior season to kind of track some of the the uh, sacks but once i got to a certain number i was like all right i believe i i can't remember how many he actually says he had but once I got to a certain number, I was like, all right, I, I believe the rest. Awesome. Um, why is he not having a good senior season? You know, I don't know. And it might not be so bad. Uh, I just haven't been able to get a whole lot of information on yeah. on what's going on there. Um, a lot of people, there have been others who have mentioned that he's been non-existent in games. Um, but yeah, definitely something I need to investigate. <laughs> okay. All right. Linebacker. Um, yeah, linebacker. Linebacker, this kind of you wanted to talk about KV on keys. Yeah, I think, most... I think we need to talk about keys and we need to talk about Campbell. Okay. All right. right. Well, we... we'll not we'll knock that out right here. Okay, let's do it. So so both of them committed to North Carolina in August, about five days apart, I think. Um, you know, Campbell took official visits to North Carolina, Maryland, and West Virginia. Uh, but you know, he he kind of admits that that he he committed during the official visit to UNC. He had he had made a bunch of visits prior to that official visit, so um, the official visit just kind of sealed the deal. But he wanted to wait until August for whatever reason to announce the decision. He's kind of your traditional sort of inside linebacker, you know, stocky kid, hits really hard. Um, you know, to use a term that you love, runs runs like his hair's on fire, plays like his hair's on fire. Uh, I mean, he literally, you watch his film, just it doesn't matter. I mean, if there's a brick wall in front of him, he's going to run through that to get Mm -hmm. to the ball carrier. Mm. Uh, on Keys is different in that he's an outside guy. He's long. He's rangy. um, You know, he's going to be able to do a lot of different things, you know, in coverage, you know, blitzing, that sort of thing, playing in um, playing in space. But, you know, with his recruitment, he basically came down to North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Penn State. Penn State was the only other school he officially visited. Uh, the, you know, and they kind of, I think, gave UNC a little bit of a, of a run. I think North Carolina was the leader throughout much of his recruitment, but um, Penn State definitely gave him something to think about. And, this, is, this is keys? This is keys, yeah. Okay. And so what's going on with Texas A&M? Oh, so that's the other thing. So right before... He was about to, so he's supposed to, he was going to commit on that Saturday, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the Saturday of the, of UNC's opener. Mm-hmm. I think it was that Thursday, that Friday, Texas A&M offered him. So then he kind of added them to his final list and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to commit somewhere. I'm going to delay my announcement to Monday. I'm going to commit somewhere. And then I'm still going to take my official visit to Texas A&M. That was supposed to happen this past weekend, but a week ago, uh, he uh, decided to delay that, that visit until I think November or December. Now so he's going to visit Texas A&M in November, or December. That's what, that's what, that's what he says. Now here's probably, you know, what typically happens in these situations is that Texas A&M likes him. 
mm-hmm. like some other guys more, wants them to come later on because they'll have a better idea of what their scholarship numbers look like. And if they have space, they'll bring them in. If they don't, they won't. And then the other thing too, for him is he might say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on North Carolina. I don't, I don't need to take any more visits yeah. sort of thing. And that's what for a UNC fan you want to happen. That's the 20 years of recruiting experience you bring to the scoop, Don. That kind of that nuanced insight on kind of what's really happening inside a visit, inside a recruitment, all that good stuff there. Uh, yeah, because I think there was some fear like he's going to commit to UNC and then visit Texas A&M and commit there, right? Was that kind of the yeah, general idea? It was, well, it was just – it's frustrating sometimes when you watch these kids. And, and they, they only go through this once. It's the first time they're going through it, so you understand. Um you hope that like a high school coach kind of jumps in and say, Hey, this doesn't sound right. But hypothetically, if he was going to take this visit, let's just say he was going to take it. It would be so much wiser, especially you already delayed your, your announcement delay until after that visit. But you know, it never ended up happening. And I think North Carolina kind of figured through their conversations with him and and his parents that maybe this Texas A&M visit. Yeah. And they know coaches too. So they probably they probably had an idea that maybe this Texas A&M visit wasn't going to happen. So let's take this commitment. But still, I mean, if you're dead set and you're going to actually take the visit, why commit and then take the visit? Just wait until after the visit. But, you know, there you go. And there's one more linebacker you're missing. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Lavalli, who's actually the first linebacker to commit. And he's actually becomes a key recruit. Um as we'll talk about later for the rest of this class, because one of his teammates, UNC, is is pursuing. Mm. But, um, you know, Caleb took an official visit to North Carolina and basically shut it down after that. Um, you know, there's some other schools. He, he, he took a lot of visits in the spring, and they were long visits. They were weekend-long visits, including one to North Carolina. So the official visit kind of just sealed the deal for him, and he committed to North Carolina in June. And he fits more of that inside linebacker, um, you know, mold than anything else. Okay, so three linebackers committed for UNC in the 2023 class. All right, let's get into defensive backs, and please specify if they're cornerbacks or safeties. Okay. Well, here's the problem with that, is that Charlton Warren recruits for the most part, there are exceptions, but for the most part, Charlton Warren recruits cornerbacks only and then brings them on campus, then figures out where they fit. Yeah. So, but anyway, so uh, the two commits right now. At one point, there were three, but um, two commits are Caleb Cost and Trey Miller. Cost is from Georgia. And mm-hmm. to be more specific, he's being recruited as a nickelback, which is Ooh. a key which is now a key position, particularly in Warren's uh, defense, but in general in college football, Nickelback is, is becoming more and more important. And then Trey Miller is, is right now he plays in Oklahoma. He is a cornerback, but um, he's originally from Alabama and spent, I guess, a few months this past offseason at IMG Academy before you know, deciding to play where his parents live, uh, had moved to Oklahoma. But both of those guys committed in June. There you have it, guys. It's 2023 class. 18 members right now. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit more of where UNC needs to go to fill out this class after the break. I want to ask Don real quickly, of all those players, who has the best chance of being a you know first round, second round, third round NFL draft pick? So can I give you two? Sure. All right, I'll go Rico Walker. Wow, and Chris Culver. Rico Walker has all the tools. The thing with Rico is, is you know, six three. Yeah, I mean six three, but the athleticism, the bend around running the edge, the length. The, I mean, he went. If I don't, did you go to the show, not this past summer, but the summer before? Did you go to the Showtime camp? Probably not. Okay, um, he didn't do a whole lot of pass rushing heading into that camp ever. You know, definitely not in the game because he plays like a linebacker sort of thing. Anyway, goes in there and just absolutely dominates the pass rushing drills and then go and then immediately runs over and does some passing drills with linebackers and then then comes back and, and dominates again as a pass rusher. He's just a natural pass rusher. You know, if if everything lines up for him, I mean, he has all the tools. Chris Culver, another guy has has a ton of tools, has really good length, um, good straight line speed. You know, he's a track guy. 
you know, he's one of those kids that just plays a lot of different roles at his high school. I love kids like that. And, um, I, you know, kids like that typically, once they focus on one position, just absolutely excel. And so, and I think, I mean, like I said, very toolsy kid. There you go. All right. We're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this class and where UNC turns to fulfill certain positions, you know, offense lineman, cornerback, defensive back. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, but first I want to talk to you about Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world, sponsoring this show, sponsoring Calling the Shots with Jeff Schottmer, um, which is airing. Do you guys Monday. take shots during that? No, we do not. You uh, should. It's Monday morning. We air every Monday morning. It goes onto our YouTube page. We're also adding it to the back of the On the Beat podcast. So Blue Shark Vodka, available in all 100 North Carolina counties. Very accessible price point. Very smooth. You know, vodka goes with a lot of different things. Buy for your tailgates. Uh, if you see me walking around, yell my name and, and show the bottle. Blue Shark Vodka supporting us, a local independent company. When you have a chance, supporting to shop local, support local because they employ local um, people. And it's good to you know fight the man, fight the corporations by supporting local um, companies. Blue Shark Vodka made out of 100% North Carolina sweet corn, accessible in all 100 counties, parts of South Carolina. I think they're in parts of Flo uh, Florida now and Las Vegas. Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world, and award-winning vodka. And Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. I was on, on their website right now, just kind of seeing what they have on sale, seeing what's going on. Obviously, jerseys, hats, T-shirts, pajama pants. They have earrings, uh, quarter zips, half zips, anything you need, UNC-wise. Um, check out Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Remember, all inside Carolina subscribers can get 10% off their order by subscribing to Inside Carolina, going to the premium message boards, Tar Pit and UNC Basketball, getting that code, and then using the code online or in the store on Franklin Street, johnnytshirt.com. Look, they got stuff for your car, stuff for the kitchen, stuff for the home. Look, home and office, they have books, diploma stuff, lighting, office, pencils, pens, outdoor, tailgating stuff. They got mugs, magnets, drinkware plastic, paper goods, water bottles, wine glasses, and accessories. You know, maybe you come for a tailgate, you don't have wine glasses, you don't have um, coasters, you don't have whatever. Head to Giant T-Shirt, get that checked out. Of course, fall is around the corner. Get your sweatshirts, big sweatshirt guy here. Um, anything you need, crew, um, hooded, jackets, pants, polos, button-ups, anything you need at Giant T-Shirt, giantt-shirt.com, right on Franklin Street. Support local, support them, they support us and support Inside Carolina Podcast. We'll be right back with more of the Scoop Podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back into the scoop, Don. What's going on? Not too much. Just hanging out with my best friend. <laughs> there you go. All right, you want to talk about this? Where is UNC right now in the 2023 class in terms of where they need to go? How do they finish this class? Remaining needs, remaining targets. Let's get a, a general look, and then if there's any civic names you want to talk about, we can get to that. Then we'll talk about kind of any concerns fans should have about. UNC football recruiting right now 
in September in the in the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, <laughs> yeah. So where where we're at now? Um, USC's coming out well came out of the summer with uh, needs remaining at offensive line and defensive back. Defensive back, we touched on it just a tad early on. UNC had three commits at one point. One eventually flipped to um, Illinois. And there were actually two who were anticipated to commit to North Carolina. That didn't happen. So um, additional offers were, were sent out. And I mentioned one of them was Aiden Duncanson, who's a teammate of Caleb Lavalli, and then also Ty Adams, who um, is, is both Duncanson and Adams are basically quarterbacks for their high school teams who, um, you know, schools are, are projecting as corners, but are actually in, in Duncanson's case, he's, he's a safety, but um, they also do play some defensive back for their high schools too. Um, so those are the main guys they're looking at to kind of help fill those needs. The other position that has some needs left is offensive line. There's one offer out uh, for that position, but it looks like it North Carolina more likely will 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 kind of save whatever scholarship offers they have for that position and hit the transfer portal with those scholarship offers. Just because as you've kind of mentioned, I, I think UNC has kind of noticed that they probably need more immediate help at along the offensive line than, than a guy. Because offensive line, as we're seeing with Zach Rice, I got a lot of heat last year by saying that Zach Rice wasn't going to start from day one at, at UNC. Even though Zach Rice, was, he was, the, I think, the, the top or the, the highest-ranked offensive lineman UNC has ever signed. Um, we're seeing he played a little bit in the first game, hasn't, hasn't seen the field since. Maybe that changes later on in the season. Who knows? Um, but high school offensive linemen typically do not come in and play right away. They typically actually don't play until their, their third year, to be honest yeah. with you. So they have 18 commitments right now. How many do you expect them to sign in December? I would say now, just high school kids, I would anticipate, I'll say 20. Um, I think that um, you, there's always some stuff that happens. If you remember last year, you know, that, that, that Gunner, um, what was the kid's name? Gunner Gibbons. Uh, yes. UNC kind of messed with him a little bit towards the end there. The same thing with, um, um, Will Hardy. As now, uh, was that Will Hardy? Well, you know, well, I don't know if that's a great example, but I was talking about just guys who UNC stopped recruiting. And then, then in December, they all of a sudden got back on you know, with, with Gunner Gibbons. It was a situation where Virginia Tech was changing coaches. Same thing with, with Benji Gosnell. Um, yes. you know, they, they just kind of got out of them in the end. It didn't work out, but you know, so there's always the opportunity that UNC maybe tries to get on a kid later on, but I think the safe number is to say 20. Okay. So they'll hit the transfer portal and try to find some starters. Cause they're going to lose Corey Gaynor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, they could lose M Montillas and William Barnes. If those guys just want to kind of move on. Cause I think they're seniors. I think both have an extra year. Um, and they just need better players. So, like, do you see this? Uh, like, how are they going to get a good, just a player that's like not starting, or a player that just wants a different opportunity, or you know, a young guy that they get for three years who just hasn't started yet, a different school, and just wants to change? Like, how do you see that going from talking to your sources? Well, I think it's going to be similar to what we've already seen. You know, if you look at like with Corey um, Gaynor, it was more of a situation where new coaching staff probably going in a different direction. He probably wanted to change the scenery. I think he was injured during um, part of last year and he kind of lost his, his starting spot or whatever. So just, just a new situation for him. Um, Same Noah Taylor. It was a situation. I know this is, this is a defense alignment, but Noah Taylor, Taylor was, it was a coaching change. So I think those sort of situations or in, in the uh, example of, um, and I'm forgetting his name, Spencer Rollins, um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a kid at a lower level school who mm-hmm. wants a bigger platform, better competition. So those are probably going to be the prime sort of suspects on who UNC were to add at, at whatever position. Yeah, they should have some scholarships available um, just with the number they've taken the last two classes, right? I mean, 
I mean, I don't know if the number they've taken in the last two classes, I think it's just with natural natural graduation and attrition. There you go. But right. did you right. want to get into the transfer portal? Yes, yeah, let's, let's do that right now. So there is a new transfer portal rules. Just break it down for us. I'll ask any questions I have. Yeah, so so for the most part, it just kind of organizes it. And so it, there's two windows, and they and they call these windows notification of transfer windows. The first one is is right after um, I guess championship selections. So that would be De- December, mid December. Like, well, champion, you bowl selections or the um, playoff selection. Playoff selections. So that would be that has to be right after the, the championship. conference championships. Yeah, yeah. So that would, yeah, so it'd be yeah, mid December, the second week in December, right? Yeah, so so that's a forty five day window. From right? when, from then to when? For forty five days. Okay. So so from whenever when it went so mid December. So we're probably talking about mid December, end of January, basically. Okay. That's when players can enter and that it's the only time they can enter. Um for, yes. For, for yes. that time period. Okay, cool. Yeah. It makes sense, uh, right? The season's over, you're mm-hmm. taking exams, mm-hmm. going home to mommy and daddy. And you're like, mommy, I want to transfer. And then you enter the transfer portal, but you have to do it before that 45 day window ends. And then, but then, then, because then obviously spring uh, uh, enrollment starts in January, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, mid January, early January, and then spring practice and workouts start in February, March. Yes. And so the second window is May 1st through the 15th, which is conveniently, I don't say conveniently, it is purposely put right after spring practices. And at the end of the semester, most semesters end right at the end of April, you have exams in the April, May, and then the first semester of summer school, the early semester probably starts right May 13th, May 15th. um, Yeah. And and the second semester, or it's like they have that May master and then you have second, first semester, summer, second semester, summer, and then summer workouts. Okay. So what is the benefit of that? Why do they do that? What's the benefit? I think, well, I think there's a couple things. One, you kind of mentioned like, Let's say in week two, you know, a player is just pissed off at his position coach. You know, a year ago, he could be like, I'm done. I'm going to transfer, goes into compliance and doesn't even have to talk to the coach's staff and um, puts his name in the transfer portal. Now he has to wait until December. That allows him to not make, you know, a, a knee jerk decision. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is, and Mac Brown's talked about, about this a bunch, is it helps with roster management. So then you kind of know, all right, I'm going to have these guys at least until mid-December. And then that's when I start to kind of, I'll lose guys um, at that point. And then also, I don't know if it will help so much with, they're hoping that it helps with the um, the tampering stuff. I mean, I could see it helping a little bit. I don't know if it's going to help too much. But I think some of the problem is, is like, you literally had, like there were kids who announced they were in the transfer port- portal in the morning and then two hours later we're already committed to a school yeah clearly they didn't make that decision within those two hours mm-hmm. um so obviously um stuff was going on um so they're hoping that it helps with that but i think more than anything else it kind of organizes things and lets coaches know okay we got to get on the ball and figure out who's in the portal during this time but then also on a roster, knowing who we're losing, they're going to find out during that time period. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to have players that want to transfer midseason, and they're probably yeah. going to let that be known to their position coaches, which yeah. is probably fine publicly and and uh, for systematic reasons in terms of when your name actually goes in, that will happen in December. Um, but you're going to have tampering. You're going to have coaches that already know, which is which is fine, I guess. That hey, we're going to lose this player, this player. Let's, let's mentally get ready to mm-hmm. who we're going to add. Because I would assume you would have to want to add kids in January 1st too, right? Yeah, that's – well, so, yeah. So you can add them whenever, but they're not allowed to answer, enter the portal until those yeah. times. So a kid, in, a kid enters December 15th, goes home, Christmas dinner, turkey, ham, green bean casserole, and then you know by January 1st or so, he has committed and signed with another school to transfer, right? Yeah. And then same thing happens – Go through spring practice. He's fourth on the depth chart because he gained too much weight from green, green bean casserole. <laughs> and he's like, man, I'm not going to play here. Enter the transfer May 1st. Commits to another school. May, June, enrolls by July, August, playing next year. Essentially, yes. 
Yeah. All so, right, cool. So it adds more, clarity, adds more clarity and structure. There's more clarity, yes. And I think for the from a media perspective, at least we know that time period that maybe some transfers is not going to come up randomly. Because I remember sitting at a coffee shop in Morrisville, North Carolina, writing transfer stories because some random UNC players enter the transfer portal in like October and November. Yeah. So now you won't have to worry about it. So just, yeah, it adds a little bit organization to the calendar. You know, I think with anything else that happens with, with, uh, you know, college athletics, there's going to be unintended consequences. And we probably have to go through this a couple of times to kind of see truly what this means. So, um, yeah. Yep. All right, cool. No more talking about that. That sounds good. Wrap that up. Um, okay. You brought this up and it relates to kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. UNC football recruiting right now. Your camera's getting messed up, Don. Oh, I think it's, it's foggy. Um, there you go. What happened? Yeah, you want to see me sharp. I think I moved and it like I guess it fixated on something else. Okay. You need to fixate on me. <laughs> uh your hair's looking great. Thank you. you. Know, I, I saw you know how you have that that one streak? Yeah. You had that growing up, right? Or whatever. No, or you... no, no. Well, so um when I was in college, I started to run really fast with my head down, right? And tell the so... real tell the real medical thing about it. There is no medical thing about it. But you got a, it, a gray streak win. When did it start? It, it started in college. Okay. I have a point to this. I was in uh, Folly Beach, South Carolina over the weekend, and we were just sitting having coffee outside. And there was a guy who had a big beard, and he had gray on literally on one side of the mustache down here was all gray. And I was just talking to him. I was like, dude, that's, I was like, that's crazy, man. He's like, yeah, <laughs> it just grows this way. Well, so I don't know about that situation, but there have been other situations where I've seen someone with that stripe, uh -huh. and then we must, it's like, it's required, we must join heads for at least like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. All right. So UNC football recruiting, how is it going? This class... I didn't want to bring this up. This is what we talk about. This is, this is the scoop. This is why the class is, is okay. It's not great. It's ranked, look, it's ranked 20, it's ranked 20 in the nation. It's not awful. They're not getting the form five stars. And it seems like it's trending a little bit. Like they're missing out on some guys. They're adding offers, not getting those guys. Um, you know, they're kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel to fill this class. Whereas last three seasons, you know, it was, it was four and five stars and competing with Georgia and Clemson, and Alabama and Tennessee and like beating some of them out for guys. And right now it seems like there's a little bit trend downwards. UNC is three and oh. They have a great quarterback. They got all this talent on the field. What is your general take on the direction and trajectory of UNC football recruiting right now? So the three and zero is not going to affect anything right now, like with yeah. this class. That's that was what, that that's, was that was just yeah. a kind of comment. Yeah. So I think there's a couple things at play here, um, just to kind of throw them out there. Um, one, you ever since the 2021 class. In-state has been down a mm -hmm. bunch. Last year, it wasn't that big of a deal because of um, UNC was able to go in Virginia and pull all of those guys. And there was a bunch of them. You know, we talked about Zach Rice, you know, uh, Taylor Holloway, um, Andre Green, Petaway. You know, all those guys are pull out of Virginia. So it wasn't that big of a deal. This class, you know, Virginia this year hasn't been great. So UNC, so that has hurt North Carolina. There's also been um different coaching changes that i think has affected things also uh, and you could say what you want about jay bateman as a defensive coordinator um but he was a great recruiter he really was and really I think, you know i think we're also seeing that it wasn't necessarily jay bateman's fault yeah defense. I, yeah i think yeah you take away jay bateman and the defense actually is it worse i'll just ask you is the defense worse now than it was uh i'm trying to think back to last season but Based on the competition right now and the idea that the players should be better, that they've had a whole other year to get better, I would say right now it is worse than last year. Okay. All right. As a recruiter, Jay Bateman was really an underrated recruiter. Mm -hmm. you know, one, I always take note of the names that a recruit says. Jay Bateman, for just about every defensive recruit North Carolina's had for the past few years, Jay Bateman's name was brought up. And then even some of the offensive guys, he was really big with the with Caleb Hood. Um, even though Caleb Hood was kind of recruited as a defensive player early on, but anyway, and, and his dad played at Carolina. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But but Bateman was 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 yeah. I mean, Caleb Hoy is going to end up in North Carolina. It'd be like it'd be like trying to recruit you to go to McDonald's. <laughs> you're going to go there. You're going to go there anyway to get a McFlurry. True, I'm just saying. But Bateman was involved with that. Um, but I mean, if you talk to like Ra Ra and um, Javari, Ritzy, and, and all these other guys, I mean, they're going to say Jay Bateman was a big part. Of it. Anyway, Des Evans. Des Evans, yes. Um, but um, yeah, so those things. But I think also. For a while there, Mac Brown was selling the idea of this is what we're going to do. We're going to compete for conference championships. We haven't done it yet because I haven't been here long enough. But you know, once I get my players in here, we're going to win national. I'm sorry, win win conference championships. Um, last year, well, prior to last season, I think North Carolina was constantly moving in that direction slowly, but was moving in that direction. Last year, UNC clearly was not, and I think in particular. The bowl game, a lot of kids have mentioned that bowl game against South Carolina to me because it's a bowl game. It was, it was, what was it like a, a, a afternoon? It might have been like a Saturday afternoon game. A lot of kids were home. Well, uh, it was those at, bowl games are usually standalone games. They, yes. spread, they spread them out across 30, 20 days. And they're during the holidays. So 12, kids are home. 12 o'clock spot, 3 30, yeah. 6. And so, like, it's the one ESPN has them, most of them on ESPN. Yeah. So, um, the, the feeling, because you know, we could talk wins and losses, but it's like, how did that, how did that season feel? And how did it feel for a non-UNC fan? It felt like a disappointing season. And I think that is reflected in this class, to be honest. So mm-hmm. really what needs to happen with this season is North Carolina has to you know, have a better season than last season. Um, and, uh, and, and, and the talent in state and in Virginia, yeah, when that's up. It's going to be a little bit up for it's, the yes, ball. it should be. Yeah, it, there should be some good. I we'll see. I think it's going to be probably maybe a little bit better than this past class, but um, but there's definitely some players in there, you yeah. know. I mean, you, you know, you have Jonathan Paler, you have um, uh, Jaden Davis, you have you know, you know, so those are national guys, and and there's there's a bunch of um, really good power five guys also. Um, yeah, I mean, look, hey, a little, a little honesty here from 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 Ross. Uh, that's the, what we uh, came here for. Yeah, this is what we get in trouble for. The, <laughs> the the luster is that the right word? The I luster think so. has kind of worn off on the whole Mac round thing. Um, like you know, he came in with all his hype, all these good coaches. You had Tim Brewer, um, the shine. Ha- Brewster, ha- ha- what did I say? Brewer. Oh, Tim Brewer. Who's that? Um, confusing you, you confused Gunnar Brewer and yeah. Tim Brewster. Two different guys. Very different. What's funny is I'm good friends with both their sons. <laughs> <laughs> like, really good friends. Um, but, yeah, the dads are, are very different. Um, yeah, anyway. And, like, it was hyped up. Max back. Let's go. Dre Bly. All this, you know, we got great offense. We got Sam Howe. It's awesome. And, and, they, and they won the first season, seven games. Next season was the COVID year. They won eight games but went to the Orange Bowl. Look great, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Tommy Brown, Daz Newsome, Sam Howe going into his junior year, and then then they kind of fell off a cliff because that was the year it was like ten wins, eleven wins, Heisman, and it didn't happen. And now it's like you got this coach who is selling something, and he's a great salesman. And I, I mean, look, I I, I, buy, I buy it. He's great. He's mm-hmm. politician. He's great. Guys likable. But when you sell something and you pump it, you pump all the sunshine, and it doesn't happen. You're gonna get. There's gonna be some side effects from that, and we're not there yet. I think that people are still kind of in on it because of the recruiting. Recruiting is what it sell. What do you sell with recruiting? You sell hope. Did your voice crack. Yeah, hope yeah, was a hope, really was, hope was the yeah, because answer. you 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 touched me with yeah. your speech. You touched hope, me. Hope was the correct answer. You're selling hope, so you're still buying in potential. Now you have to see results. Now it's results, and this should be the year. This year, next year, it should be. Eight, nine, ten wins, at least getting to, to to eight, nine, and then go from there. And so this is a big year, and next year's a big year. And then other than that, I mean, if you still if it's six, seven wins, um that's dicey Dave. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but you would think with recruiting, this leads with leads to our, our next big topic. The talent is there, it's in place, and things should be rolling. And they kind of I think they kind of wasted the Sam Howe era. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did, it did 
benefit them for recruiting and getting all these players in. And now it's time to, to kind of to put up or shut up, I think, for this this team and this coaching staff. And look, I, I think at some point, you know, if if, they, if these players aren't developing, you're going to have to make some co- some tough, tough coaching decisions and changes. Well, and that's and that's kind of, you know, because and we're, I don't know if this is kind of our segue, but like. If Chizik and Warren weren't here last the last two years, so the defense obviously can't be blamed too much on them. I guess I mean they're they're involved this year, mm-hmm. but so that leaves you on the defense: Tim Cross, Dre Bly, and Tommy Thigpen, who technically holds the title of co-defensive coordinator and has held that title since Mac Brown was hired. Um, two of those three guys are Mac Brown guys, they and played, it's almost they, they, they played for Mac Brown. Yes, played for Mac Brown, very, very close to Mac Brown. Um, and the thing is, it kind of almost reminds me of the situation at Iowa. Are you following that at all with Kurt France? I am not. All right. Well, you don't need to look now. Their offense is terrible. <laughs> okay. And his son is the offensive coordinator. Against oh. the FCS coach, FCS school, they scored seven points. But listen to this. The seven points wasn't a touchdown. It was two safeties and a field goal. That's all they scored against the FCS team, and they beat them. Against um, Iowa State, the rival this past weekend, they only scored, I think it was 10 points. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you know, and they're in a situation where, like, he can't fire a son, can he? You know? And so I think it's almost kind of similar with Mac Brown and, you know, and his guys. You know, it would be very difficult for him to – part ways or do whatever with those guys yeah and um, tim tim cross didn't play for him but tim cross got a start i think at, at texas as his strength initiating staff member i think he's worked with background before would you think right Is if that right? there were yes he did yeah um do you think that he would be the next one to kind of go if the defense doesn't continue doesn't improve i would just say this i think if the development and play of your position doesn't improve over a three-year span, three, four-year span, you got to kind of – it's time to look in the mirror for those coaches. So, I mean, that's basic. If you don't do your job – if you're – it's a performance-based business. So yeah. – and, like, they're getting paid a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to fire anybody, but, I mean, that's kind of – and, like, you made changes. You made changes. You added Charleston Warren and Gene Chizik. So, you would think that, like, all right, some things will change. And, obviously, defense is struggling. Um, we, we already talked so, about that a little bit. So – yeah, I mean, let's just get into that. Yeah, so we're gonna do a little team talk. Team talk now. Um, yeah, so UNC three and they got Notre Dame in, in two weeks. Uh, wins over FAMU, App State, and Georgia State. The defense does not look great. Uh, well, that's my question. Yeah. What what is wrong with the defense? Because <laughs> here's the I, thing: is like, like the quarterback they played against. First of all, I think he had completed which one, which game? Uh, this this past uh, the Georgia State game. He completed like I think it was twenty six percent of his passes against South Carolina the week prior, mm-hmm. and not only that, when you watch him, he is terrible. <laughs> he does not know how to throw a touch pass at all. I don't. I mean, I guess because he's a running quarterback, and that's what they want to do there, and that's what works well in the Sun Belt Conference or whatever. But um, the dude was terrible, and he was only the only reason why he completed, and he completed a lot of passes against North Carolina. A high percentage of passes was because his guys were wide open and even when they were wide open he missed a bunch of uh, of guys which makes it means that he left a lot of um, potential yards out there on the field but anyway yeah so what's, on wrong, that, with, what's wrong with this defense I think, I think it starts with the secondary you just said it why are these these uh group of five wide receivers getting so wide open like where is the where are the cornerbacks where is the defensive backs and look I, I said this on the on the beat last night I'm not an X nose guy. Like I don't, I didn't play the game. Look, there's guys who can talk about it better than me, whether it's scheme, whether it's one-on-one performance, whether it's whatever, whatever, but there's, so, why are these wide receivers running free? You like, you're looking at it and like, there's no one around them on some yeah. passes. And you said it, look, App State's quarterback was pretty good. Um, but Georgia State's quarterback, not very good. And you just still, you but know, even hit. App State's quarterback's not, I mean, this well, is a kid who I think dropped he, by the, he sucked at Duke, but he's recruited to play at Clemson. And he's been – dude, he was the Sunbelt player of the year last year or something. Yeah. Like, he, he has tons of yards. Yeah, I think it's more of a product of that system. Because, I mean, he he was at Clemson also. And, yeah, yeah. Well, no need to talk about that. 
But like, all right, I think it starts in secondary. I also think the defensive line isn't getting enough pressure on the on the quarterback. I think the linebackers are solid. The pieces on defensive line they should be good. So like, why aren't they better? Yeah, you know, there, there's a little bit of you know run defense issues. They're, they're not awful. I put it more on the secondary. I think like Tony Grimes and like we love Tony Grimes. We love his dad and Storm Duck. Like they're just not playing to the level you think they would be in, in year three and four for them. Uh, and I don't know if the safeties, you know, Geo Biggers and Cam Kelly. And look, those four guys are playing all the snaps too along with DeAndre Boykins. So I don't know what needs to happen, but they got, I think I got a little bit better against Georgia state. So you just hope they keep improving and they have two weeks now to, to look at tape, to get better, to, to work on some of these freshmen, maybe Marcus Allen, Dante Balfour, Will Hardy, see if there needs to be some changes, see at what point you can bring Conley back, but it's not great. All right. I've talked about that a lot. Anything to add on defense? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it just really surprises me how bad the defense yeah. has been. We did think they were going to be a lot better. Because, like, dude, on the defense line, and you got Miles Murphy, Rayvo Hasek, um, Dez Evans, Kamen Rucker, Javari Ritzy, uh, 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 Kevin Hester. Like, there's just a lot of talent. Yeah. And they're being okay. They're, they're okay, but they're not. But even the secondary, there's tons of talent also. I mean, Tony yeah, Grimes. Yeah, Tony Grimes and Storm Duck. But safety, I'm not sure there's a lot of high-end talent safety. Cam Kelly's been okay tackling. Yeah, I mean, he was a four-star guy who originally signed with Auburn. But, I mean, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if he's lived up to that at all. And, look, at some point, maybe this – I mean, Jeff Schottmer's like, look, it's not scheme, it's not scheme. But at some point, like, when it's not working, like, maybe do something different, like some sort of different type of coverage or how the cornerbacks play. Look, again, I'm not an those guys. never claimed to be. The only, only football I played was snow football in the backyard. Um, but, all right. Question for you. Did you think uh, Drake, did you think Drake May was gonna be this good this early, three games in? Honestly. Um, and I, I saw your note you put on the scoop from the from his yeah, head coach. Yeah, head coach. yeah prob- probably not. I'll say probably not. Um, but the cool thing is is like what I see in him now is what I saw in him, you know, in seven oh sevens in at Myers Park. You know, just that cool demeanor that just slowly dissecting the defense. You know, um, take, not not being too aggressive, taking what the defense gives you, you know, having that sneaky athleticism that will kill a defense if you're not careful. Um, so that's been that's been kind of cool to see. But yeah, I mean, I didn't expect him to have you know to start off the way he's started off so far. Yeah, and the one thing I remember because obviously we covered his recruitment. He's a former guest of the scoop. Remember he did it on his phone at the beach. That's right. I completely forgot about that. His phone blew down a couple times. Yeah, like he the the Wi Fi the Wi Fi was sketchy. He was yeah. just super chill and cool on the beach. He was like, I guess, a rising uh, high school senior. Maybe he yeah. was a high school senior. He, you know, like, what I remember from from you covering him was that he was very accurate. He was a in the pocket guy who was just very accurate and could pick apart defense. Like you said that all the time. And that's kind of what we've seen. He's not the huge deep throw, you know, deep throw guy like Sam was. He's more of a Pick apart the defense, take what the defense has given you, mm-hmm. and then hit your receivers in stride mm-hmm. and just spray it around. That's exactly what he's done. And yep. I've been I've been very impressed. I didn't think it'd be this good this 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 early, but you're seeing it all. And look, the six five helps. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it help, and his mobility is solid and the composure and confidence is there. And that comes, look, he's he's a two year player. He's been in the system, so it definitely helps to have and been in the system for two years now, and you're seeing that. Yeah, and and I, I was actually talking to his coach a, bit, a little bit more, his high school coach, a little bit more about it. And he said, hey, you know, you know, in Charlotte, in Myers Park, I mean, he played in some big games and some televised games. So you know, he's been used to all that stuff. Plus, you know, you watch your brother play in some pretty big time games, you know. So it's it's almost like that stage is not, it's not mm-hmm. new to him. It's not going to bother him. Yeah. All right. Next question. Did okay. you think, this surprised me, and we saw it last year, so it's a little bit old news but Cedric Gray man he's he's special talent and mm. I just remember him being kind of a low-ranked kid and like one or two offers and just got a kind of a Charlotte kid that UNC took but he is I didn't remember him be, I, I don't remember his recruitment that much but man, he's a freak athlete he's tall he's jacked and he's a leader on that on that defense right now yeah I mean he committed pretty quickly you know mm-hmm. once he got the offer from North Carolina I think the problem for him was he didn't play at one of the Charlotte powerhouses um and he was playing out of position and um, he played defense a lot more his senior season because uh, at that point, you know, his, 
uh, his high school coach went through a coaching transition where the former defensive coordinator became the head coach. And so he knew what sort of talent Gray had. And so he played him on defense. But because he was the best player on that team, he had to play an offensive position in order for his high school team to to succeed. And so a lot of schools, I mean, you, you kind of have to you had to be creative with him looking at his size, his athleticism and kind of projecting him to linebacker and give North Carolina credit. They were able to see that with, with him. Yeah. I mean, he's been awesome. Power Eccles as advertised, you know, all the field, big hitter leader. I think we knew that. And that was obviously a big commitment. Um, let's see a couple of players. You know, we've seen Padaway and Hampton kind of do what they've done early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we expected that, and they've kind of fulfilled it. You know, they, both of them had a kind of off games, but both have had some big games too. Pedway scored two touchdowns in the first two games. Hampton has five touchdowns. He's kind of that bull, uh, kind of the bowling ball through the middle, but also can break off big runs. Any, any thoughts on what you've seen from them? Yeah, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. It's great that they're able to kind of throw one out. He has if if he, something happens, pull him out, put another guy out there, and it's not just those two, but before you know Caleb Hood, you know they were able to do that with him. Elijah Green came in the first game, had a good run. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. DJ Jones. DJ Jones. DJ Jones looked really good. Had a big um, catch in the App State game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy I really liked his, in high school also. Uh, I, I think one of the things, too, is is that um, Hampton is that when you need to run out the clock running back, he is that guy. He's yeah. going to to get yards every time he, he touches the ball sort of thing towards the end, even though they're going to stack the box. Yep. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Kobe Pesor. Um, mm-hmm. He looked great against App. You know, he only had, yeah. one, he had one catch going into that game. And he had yeah. eight, eight catches, eight targets. And he had a big game against um, Georgia State as well. Uh, what do you remember about his recruitment and him as a talent? Yeah. I mean, he was a four star guy. And mm-hmm. um, his recruitment, I always felt like he never had a good grasp on what he wanted to do. And so he kind of went with the if you get Drake May. I'll commit there sort of thing. I don't think he really cared for the recruiting process too much. And so he was part of that four-star Mageddon, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's a four-star guy. So really, you know, it should be expected. I think he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, but the great thing for North Carolina is, is that wide receiver wise, they've been without Josh Downs the past two weeks and Antoine Green the entire season. And people mention that Mac Brown always brings it up, but I'm always like, who cares? These wide receivers that they have right now have been really good, even without downs. I mean, obviously you want downs out there. Um, but like in JJ Jones, I think he's looked great. He's another guy who what I saw in high school, I'm seeing finally on the football. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say finally because he's, he's just a sophomore. But what I'm seeing that on the um, the the football field. Let me let me throw one at you. Andre Andre Green. Friend of the show. Dad's probably listening now. Um, he's seen the field on offense, but um, not much of a factor early on. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that, especially when Antoine Green went down. Um, I guess they just, you know, J.J. Jones has been in the system for two years, and players playing ahead of him. Gav, Gavin Blackwell plays the same outside position, so it's a matter of guys being ahead of him in the system. Um, so it, it will come eventually. It, yeah, oh, absolutely. And they're not they're not they're definitely not red-shirting him because I think he's played in every game, but um, – yeah, I, I can't wait. I think he's gonna be a talent. And then they have three three more receivers coming in next year. So the wide receiver group is is solid. Travis Shaw's played a little bit. I didn't really I was watching the game uh at like a bar by myself on Saturday in, in you South Carolina. Called me. Oh, you're I in was, South Carolina. South Carolina. Um he played seventeen snaps and the game was close the whole time. So obviously they were valuable snaps. I don't know, did you see him at all? I saw him one I remember seeing him once in the opener. Um, he didn't play against app. Correct. Um, and the only reason I know all that is because, you know, keep track of those things. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, ex- he's the one I actually expected to play a little bit more, you know, especially with how bad the defense has looked. Um, you know, green, I kind of sort of, you know, I, I mentioned that, that there was a real possibility that he probably wouldn't see the field early on in the season, maybe towards the end, you'll see a lot more. And a lot of that I thought was because he didn't enroll early um, there was going to be a huge step up in competition compared to what he's used to. Um, but you know, with, with defensive line, um, I mean, it's, it's C ball, get ball, especially for Travis Shaw. So I expected him to play a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you know, so yep. maybe you'll get in a little bit more later on. 
Yeah. All right. I just got an alert that we've been signed out from another device. So hopefully this is all going to save. But guys, that's it for us. Big show, longer show than I expected. Didn't seem like we had much to talk about. But you know, you, you bring Don Talhan to the table. He always brings the content. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Johnny T-shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with more Scoop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.